What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Rip City Rundown. It's going to be a little bit of a different pod today. It's only going to be myself. Uh, Colin Cody could not make it, unfortunately, for a rerun of the podcast because we had some technical difficulties last night when we usually record. Uh, Cole's computer has been really acting up recently, and pretty much all the ports in his computer don't work. So his computer's dead and he can't charge it. So he took it into the store. He's going to get that fixed up, but he's unable to edit and upload the original podcast that we had recorded, which is a shame because we had some great points, but I'm going to give you guys a quick little emergency slash re-air, rerun of the podcast, and I'll pretty much just go through the points that we made about every player pretty much, talk about the Blazers as a whole as we start the year here. We're one and three. We have a game against Detroit tonight. Hopefully I can get that out before that game starts. So yeah, that's pretty much why I'm doing this right now. Um, Yeah, so let's get into it. Where do we want to start? Usually I say what's up to Cole and Cody. They say what's up to me, but it's just me today. So I'm just going to talk and I'm going to tell you what I've been thinking about this team so far. I'm going to give you some things that I've been uh, excited about and things that I'm uh, interested in seeing more. And I'm going to give you things that I'm not excited for to watch for the rest for the uh, 78 remaining games. Um, I'll tell you guys things that I was right on and things I was wrong on as well. So we'll have a fun time today. Let's start off with this. Uh, The team stinks, okay? And for the people who thought we were going to be in the playoffs or contending for a spot, that's clearly not in the cards this year. This team uh, is committed to... I want to say we're committed to losing because, of course, the players want to win, and I'm going to touch on that later about kind of the culture of this team. But the Blazers are going to lose games this year. The team is not that good, uh, and it's not from a lack of talent. It's from a lack of chem- just it's from a lack of chemistry, and um, a lack of experience. Whether it's playing together or playing at all, um, Scoot is 19 years old, and we'll talk about him a lot in this podcast. Shaden is in his second year. DeAndre Ayton is he has played in the finals, has experience, but not with this group of guys. And Bigs can be reliant on guards to get them the ball if you're not Joel Embiid or Jokic. And Aiden is, you know, very talented, but he demands and requires, you know, to be fed. And when you have guards who are struggling and are very young, you know, that could put a um, put a damper or a hamper on Aiden. So, yeah, Aiden is, you know, experienced, but he's not, you know, with this group. Grant has not played with any of these guys. He's played with Ant. Ant's out. Um, so, again, this team is young. And this team's going to make mistakes, and this team is not going to be good. But it's not going to be from a lack of effort or, you know, raw talent. But I just want to get that out of the way. Um, it was great that the Blazers picked up a win against the Raptors. In fact, it was almost uh, poetic. Or, uh, what's another good word? It was sweet. It was sweet. Because the Raptors are a team that the Blazers have tried to do business with in the past couple off-seasons or trade deadlines. And, you know, the Raptors have been adamant and held firm that they like the team that they currently have, which is a pretty funny to me because, uh, yeah, they're also 1-3 and three and they can't shoot. In the game against the Raptors, the Raptors shot 4 for 29 from 3, 13.8%, and that's a big reason why the Blazers were able to stay in this game and win a game scoring 99 points. It's hard to do in the NBA these days. So, the Raptors are not good, and the Blazers get a win. And I want to start with that game because it is... Uh, the game with the best vibes so far. It's the game 
that the Blazers actually had some good performances in collectively. Jeremy Grant had 22, six rebounds. He was a plus eight. Jeremy Grant is going to be the veteran for this team, okay? In fact, we're probably not going to talk a lot about him because we just know what we're going to get from him, and that's a compliment to Jeremy Grant. We know what we're going to get from Grant because he's like the only vet on this team outside of Brogdon as well, but he's, you know, you you just, you know, night in and night out what he's going to bring to the table, whereas a lot of other guys are young and are going to have a lot of variance in their performances. So good kudos to Grant for 22. He was big late. Ayton, 10 points, 23 boards, career high for DeAndre Ayton. That was uh, awesome to watch him just absolutely manhandle the paint in the fourth. And he gave us plenty of extra opportunities for Brogdon, for Grant to hit big shots. Thibel was nine, three for four from three. I mean, if he shoots three for four from three, then plays, you know, his standard usual defense. Then, I mean, that's all I can ask for from Thibel. Good game from him. Only 19 minutes. Shaden, 38 minutes. Doubles up Thibel in the minutes department. He scores 14 on 4 of 10 shooting. But also Shaden had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. And when we talk about Shaden later, um, you know, his ability to impact the box score multiple ways is why I'm excited. Scoot Henderson, arguably his best game as a Blazer, which, you know, you could say is tough because it was 11 points on 4 of 12 shooting. But we're taking baby steps here. And then Brogdon off the bench, 21 on 21 shots, and he, he was he was the go-to guy down the stretch. Um, backtracking to Scoot a little bit, let's talk about Scoot Henderson. Everyone needs to give him time. Give him time, okay? I It's, it's going to be very hard for all of us to not compare him to the, uh, the guards of the past. It doesn't necessarily have to be Dame. It can be CJ. You know, it doesn't matter. It's going to be hard to do that because, you know, he, he's coming into a situation where it's this team has been very guard heavy. And so the Blazers, we expect a lot out of our guards because, you know, we've been spoiled by great, great players at the guard positions. Scoot is 19 years old. He's played in the NBA for a week now. Okay. I did not expect him to have this poor of a start, but I'm also not surprised that he's that he's struggling you can tell he might be forcing stuff a little bit Cody in the podcast last night even though you, you won't be able to see that he was talking about why Scoot seems just to be forcing things you know struggling to get up to game speed and that's very common among rookies I, I'm not super upset that he is struggling because again he's four games into an 82 game season as a 19 year old he's going to have better games He's going to have worse games. I mean, the opening game against the Clippers, I think I, I said this in a previous video. I mean, he just he, he fumbled the just fumbled the first pass he ever received and it went out of bounds, you know. Look, Scoot is going to be great. I firmly believe that. Scoot Henderson is going to be... And I kind of compare him right now to like Jaw and, you know, not the off-the-court stuff, obviously. <laughs> just on-court. But right now, you know, Scoot's going to get He's going to impact the, the team right now by being a good passer. I need to see him to continue to develop the passing because I know it's in there. He's a great playmaker, great vision. And he's going to become, you know, he's going to have to really do his damage in transition and getting downhill because right now the shot's just not there. And that's that's fine. 
it's it's rough. It's rougher than I thought it was. You know, I thought it was a better shooter than what he's shown so far. But shooting is something that can be taught. You know, the intangibles, the competitive fire, the drive to want to be successful, the playmaking, you know, and just the, the raw just attributes that he has, you know, those that can't be taught as easily or at all. So I'm not as concerned as other people are when it comes to Scoot. Uh, I'm going to give him time. And it was great to see him really impact the game against the Raptors. But that doesn't mean, for everyone out there that's now expecting him to be great, that doesn't mean he's going to be even better the next game and better the next and better the next until he's averaging 20 and 6. Like, that's just not going to happen. He's going to have a game where he scores 11 on 4 of 12, and he's going to follow that maybe tonight against Detroit with, you know, three points on seven shots and 5,025 minutes because rookies to me in the NBA just get absolutely annihilated by the refs when it comes to fouls because they haven't built up that reputation of earning a call. And they're always going to, you know, the ref's going to give the benefit of the doubt to the more tenured or, you know, honestly better player. So, you know, Scoot being a rookie, I saw a couple times in the Raptors game, a couple ticky-tack fouls, one foul that they call a block on Scoot easily could have been a charge. If any good player in the league takes that, they probably call it a charge. But again, rookies have to earn their stripes, bide their time, and slowly, incrementally, incrementally get better. I think I'm saying that right. Scoot will be good, so everyone needs to calm down. Where do we want to go to next? Let's talk about Shaden. I guess we could just go through the starting lineup, sort of, or I guess like the main guys. Let's go Shaden. Shaden, in my opinion, has been the MVP or MIP of this young season. Um, Shaden has got thrust into the starting lineup because of Ant's injury, which I didn't really touch on at the top of the show, but Ant is out four to six weeks with, uh, I believe, he tore a ligament in his thumb. Really unfortunate. Hope he gets better. Hopefully is he's back around Christmas. It would be, uh, I think, a good target for him. But... With every injury or bad situation or bad thing that happens, there's an opportunity for someone else, and Shaden has that opportunity now to be in the starting lineup. Um, Shaden has been the kind of the, the number, I don't want to say it's the number one option because, you know, Brogdon and Grant are taking shots, but for the young guys, Shaden has been kind of the guy to really try to get things going on the offensive end, and he's been the most successful at it, in my opinion. Only shot 4 of 12. Or sorry, 4 of 10, 2 of 5 from 3. He's been shooting the 3 decently. I know he can shoot it better. But his ability to impact the box score in multiple ways, as I'm looking at it right now against the Raptors, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. That is a byproduct of the, in, the, uh, the attributes that he, that he brings to the table. The just stupidly athletic can just jump stupidly high, can run stupidly fast, and has a, you know, it almost looks like on offense he's not even trying. He had a play against OG uh, in the Raptors game where he, you know, Raptors super aggressive on defense. And uh, Shaden gave, gave OG a pump fake, kind of hard dribble, fake drive, step back. OG got on his back foot, and Shaden created so much separation and just cashed the three. I was like, that is an NBA move that we didn't see Shaden do. Because last year, Shaden was a lot of catch and shoot, kind of be a slasher, do a lot of damage in transition. But we talked about on the podcast last night, Cole and Cody especially, were saying, 
you know, they want to see Shaden have more of a bag. And, you know, you can argue what a bag means, but basically take that next step and get to the next level of creating offensive opportunities for yourself, whether it's off the dribble or, you know, off the catch. And I think Shaden has showed that. So I'm really impressed with Shaden so far. And then his playmaking. I want to talk about his playmaking. Um, three assists is really nothing to be um, ashamed of. It's really, really good. Shaden, um, I think last year, a big, not a knock, but something we wanted to see was, can he be anything more than a great scorer? Can he be a, a passer? Can he be a rebounder? Can he play great defense? And I think he's, he's slowly answering those questions as he has more and more of a role. And three assists is really, really solid, especially for a guy who's not handling the, handling the ball frequently because it's Scoot with the starters, Brogdon with the bench. One steal, two blocks, or three stocks, as I, we like to call them in the NBA world, three stocks. I mean, that's and that impacts winning. And Shaden you know, kind of filling up the stat sheet is something I want to see him do regularly. It doesn't have to be four blocks, five steals every night, but give me a steal and a block every night. I mean, you have the athleticism. The block he had on Boucher was ridiculous. He got, a, he got way up, got up to the penthouse for that block, as, as I would like to say. But I mean, Shaden has been kind of the MVP. I'll say MIP because I'll say most improved because the vets on this team are really holding down the fort right now, for being honest. Let's move on to the big, DeAndre Ayton. Um, Ayton's had a weird start to the season. It's, I don't really know what it is. I know he was in foul trouble for the first couple of games and he hasn't really been getting a lot of touches, so to speak. I, I don't think that's for a lack of trying from Coach Billups. I think they're trying to get Aiden involved, but again, the guards are just not going to be able to run an offense effectively, which is why you see when Brogdon comes in, the second unit usually kills the other team's second unit because Brogdon is a starting caliber guard. He was sixth man of the year. He could easily start. But Aiden is going to be reliant on the guards to be effective. And that's not a knock on Aiton, that's just the way he plays. You saw it in Phoenix, having Chris Paul as your pick and roll partner, or even Booker, I mean, that, you get a ton of space and a ton of opportunities off action with Chris Paul. And so Aiton is super good coming downhill on pick and rolls. He's super good as a lob threat, obviously. I, I don't think his forte is back to the basket. And I know a lot of people are clamoring for Aiton to get the Embiid touches and just let him work and see what he's got in a post-up situation, but I don't think the Blazers want to play like that long term. I don't think they, I don't think we have the shooting for that. When you dump it into Aiton, you know, let's say he's absolutely cooking Jalen Duran tonight against Detroit, and you know they start sending a double. We we don't have the shooting for that. And I'm not saying like today we're trying to win games. And we're not, which is why we're probably not throwing the ball to Aiton 30 times. Because he's probably the most effective player on the court for Portland. But, nonetheless, Aiton needs to have touches uh, rolling to the basket to be super effective. At least from a points perspective. Rebounding perspective, DeAndre Aiton absolutely manhandled the Little Raptors. And it was awesome to see because... Um, Nurk has always been a, <laughs> Nurk's been a good rebounder for sure. Um, 
But again, Nurk and Aiton, and I, I, I'm sorry I'm comparing the two right now, but they're, they're just different. They're different centers in terms of, you know, vision, in terms of athleticism, in terms of what they bring to the table. I think what the Blazers are trying to do with the roster, Aiton fits way more. And maybe for Phoenix, Nurkic fits more, which is why they made the deal and why both teams view it as a win. But Aiton on the offensive glass was just an absolute animal. Just a beast against the Raptors. And that's what we're going to need. I'm not asking for 23 boards a night. That's a career high. That's just incredible. Seven offensive rebounds. But having Aiden and Robert Williams um, give you second chance opportunities on the offensive end could be huge for this team. Not necessarily for winning, but just I view it kind of just as more reps on offense for Scoot. Like get, get Aiden a rebound, kick it back out to Scoot and let him work. You know, let him you know work through the mistakes. Let him fire up a three on a on a kick out. I don't really care if it misses. It's not about the makes or misses right now. All right, we got Scoot, we got Shaden, we got Aiton. Let's talk about Brogdon and Grant. Kind of more Brogdon. Brogdon is coming off the bench right now. Um, a lot of people think he shoots too much, and I've seen this in a lot of uh, Blazer communities on the internet. Um, sure, is 21 shots a lot compared to 10 for Sharp? Sure, I want Sharp to shoot more. But also, if you want this team to show any resemblance of an NBA offense, you you need Brogdon out there. I mean, it's night and day between Scoot running the offense and Brogdon. And that's not a knock on Scoot. Brogdon has been in the league for years. And it's a sixth man of the year. Scoot is in game five tonight. So I'm not dissing or getting making Scoot making Scoot look like a bum with me saying that. That's just the reality of the situation. Brogdon had 21 against the Raptors. Um, let me address the shooting too much. The, the Blazers, when Grant and Brogdon are on the floor, they're the guys that just are, they, they just know how to read NBA defenses. And look, late last, late in the game against the Raptors, we were close, we were in the lead, and I think Brogdon and Grant, and honestly the team were just like, screw it, let's go win a game. And that's why you didn't see Sharp touch the ball late. That's why you didn't really see um, you know, Kamara might have been on the floor there late. He, of course, we're not going to get Kamara shots in crunch time. It's going to be the Brogdon and Grant show with Aiton on the glass. Here's how I view Brogdon shooting too much. I view it as a plus because it gives the young guys, Scoot, maybe, you know, Scoot on the bench last night because he fouled out against the Raptors, watching Brogdon close out a basketball game in the NBA. I mean, that can't hurt Scoot's development, right? I mean, he's already fouled out, and Scoot gets to watch get a front row seat and watch and learn in Brogdon, learn from Brogdon and practice even just what, you know, what did you see there, Malcolm? What, what did you see late in the game? Why'd you go there? Why'd you go right on Gary Trent Jr. instead of left? Why'd you, you know, you ask those questions, you watch it firsthand. And for Scoot, I think that can only be a plus. Secondly, Brogdon shooting too much. If it means he averages 20 a game, uh, that can only help his value. You know, newsflash, Brogdon's not a part of this team long-term. I, I almost guarantee it. I've been wrong before on things like this, but I almost guarantee it. So at the deadline, if the Blazers are like, Brogdon, you know, come in, run some offense, you know, make sure the young guys get shots, and Brogdon averages 6-3. and three. Six is a little, little, little light. We'll call it 9-3 and three, as opposed to 19-5. and five. 
well, who's going to get the first round pick? I think Brogdon could net a first rounder if he's having these type of stats because that's a valuable point guard off the bench, especially, I mean, it could be Western Conference, but, you know, a team trying to contend with Drew Holidays and the Dames and the, I don't know, the Lakers could go get Brogdon for all I know. The Lakers have so many, like, assets that are intriguing. Brogdon could end up in L.A. for one of those two teams at, at the trade deadline. So Brogdon shooting too much is kind of uh, a good thing, in my opinion, for now, for now. I don't want to see that happening in January, right before the deadline. Uh, last guys I want to talk about um, on the team, they are a tandem, and they're coming off the bench and providing sparks for Portland, and that is Tumani Kamara and Jabari Walker. Um these two have been bright, bright spots for Portland. I mean, they come in, they kind of have a blue-collar attitude, you know, kind of like lunch pail almost. Just go, just get to work, and they go, they go to work. I mean, Kamara and Walker, they come in, they grab offensive rebounds, they play a hard defense, they have strong finishes. Kamara was playing great defense last night. Jabari is no slouch. I mean, these guys come in and impact the game, and... There's a reason why the Blazers' sec- second unit is, you know, clobbering teams in the opening four games here because Brogdon is a starting caliber player. He's coming off the bench. And Kamara and Walker just, in my opinion, just fit this team really well in terms of what the Blazers are trying to do long long term, which is be way more athletic than we have been and be you know, more, not necessarily defensive minded, but more like disruptive and more active. Not that, you know, past teams weren't trying, but, you know, we were short and we were not that long, you know, like Norman Powell, CJ, Dame, they're, they're, you know, great offensive players, but we didn't have any juice on defense. These guys bring the juice. They bring the juice on defense. And so I've been really pleased with Kamara and Walker, especially Kamara, because I know Jabari kind of had this mentality coming in, and I'm pleased to see him maintain that mentality and even, you know, kind of level up on offense slash defense. Kamara, as the throw-in to that Dame deal, is just fantastic. Because, you know, initially I thought he was just a, um, a filler thing and then I kind of read his draft profile and I was like wait a second this is the guy from Dayton and I remember kind of watching him in college briefly you know I'm not I'm not I'm no scout here I'm not trying to toot my own horn but I definitely watched a game or two of him and I was like you know he's solid but he's 23 you know is you know our NBA execs gonna view him as a commodity because of his age is he too old yada yada but he has come in and provided an absolute spark, and he has the necessary tools and attributes to become a great defender in, in this league, and he showed that on Scotty Barnes a few times Monday night against Toronto. All right, that are, that's, the, that's the players pretty much. What else do we want to talk about here? The Blazers get Detroit tonight. We can talk about Detroit and what we should expect in that game. Things I'm looking for. Um, I, I, this might be a, I might be expecting a win here. Detroit's in the same boat as us. And Cade Cunningham has been playing great, but they can't shoot either. And that's kind of been the 
uh, story for the Blazers in terms of giving them chances to win the game. The best teams for Portland to play, if they want to win, is to play teams that can't shoot. Detroit fits that bill. I'm also curious to see Azor, Azair, uh, frick, dude, I totally butchered that. Uh, not Amen. Azair, Azir, Azir, Asar. It's Asar. <laughs> Asar Thompson. I was like, I'm totally not saying this right. Asar Thompson. I'm curious to see him, and you know, he's kind of been their best defender, almost their point of attack defender. Does he match up with Sharp? Does he match up with Scoot? Do we get a little rookie matchup? That'll be fun to watch. Also, am excited to see Aiden and Duran just battle it out on the glass because they are both up there in the rebounding categories so far this season. I don't think it's crazy to say the Blazers could win this game. It's it's a close spread. I think it's like three and a half in favor of Detroit. But, you know, this Blazer team... It, it's it's very easy for me and for a lot of Blazer fans to get excited after you win your first game. Again, we're one and three, and we're you know we're probably gonna win twenty something games. That's just the reality. But why not try to get to two and three? Like it's early right now. Who cares if you win or lose? So let's go for a win tonight. Screw it. Um, last thing I can talk about is Mr. Chauncey Billups, the old head coach. Chauncey is a polarizing figure for sure. I've realized a lot of people, and maybe some of you watching this, are just don't think he's a good coach. And some of you think he's the answer. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm in the middle somewhere. I really don't have a big opinion on him right now. I do know one thing. He has his hands full with this team, Okay. I mean, he is trying to teach Scoot. I mean, he's, pro he's probably spending so much time with Scoot in the film room or the assistant coaches are. I mean, you're, you're trying to develop a guy who this franchise has invested in. Like, we, if Scoot doesn't turn out, like, this early two, 2020s could just be viewed as a brutal time for Portland because you, you cut the big fish loose in Dame and you drafted his replacement. And, you know, if Scoot doesn't pan out, that, you know, the optics could look really rough there 20 years down the line. I'm not saying I believe that. I think Scoot will be great. But Chauncey, you know, he has his hands full trying to develop this rookie. He also has his hands full trying to develop chemistry for this team. And he's also ha he has his hands full trying to run offensive sets with guys who can't really run an offense yet. So I'm not going to really get on Chauncey until... I don't know, later in the year I'll probably assess because, you know, how do you judge a head coach who is going to coach a team that is going to be bad and you know that? You can't do it on wins and losses because the Blazers are clearly not going to win that many games. You can't fault Chauncey for that. The roster just stinks, and that's, you know, it's designed right now. We're early in this process. I hate that word, but we're early in the journey of getting back to NBA supremacy. But... I think I'm going to judge the Chauncey season, or Chauncey's season, just on if he can keep the locker room and keep the culture high, as well as I would like to see real development in the young guys. Um, that's how I'll judge Chauncey this season. But right now, I'm not thinking about 
you know, his late game management, his timeout management, uh, his minutes management, because that's you, you judge those things with uh, winning in mind. And the Blazers really don't have a, a goal to win. Now, the last thing I'll say when it comes to the culture and judging Chauncey on the culture, I think the culture is great right now because yes, this team is not good, but Scoot, Shaden, Tumani, Jabari, even freaking Skylar Mays, even Aiton with 23 rounds getting scrappy. These guys compete. These young guys compete. Scoot, sure. Even he said it in press conferences and media sessions in the locker room. He's not playing to a standard and he doesn't think he's playing well at all. But he's still going out there and he's competing. And that's what that's what you want to see. You don't want to see a young team go out there and be like, well, we suck. We're going to lose you know, 60 games, we're going to go 22 and 60, and uh, who cares? Let's just get this over with. I don't really care about, you know, scoring tonight. You know, I don't care about, you know, the win or even trying to win. Like, let's just ride the season out, and then we'll get back together for next year. Uh-uh. You're seeing Kamara and Jabari and Scoot and Shaden and pretty much everyone really kind of put their foot in the ground and compete. Yes, they're going to lose. But they're coming in wanting to win and wanting to take it to the other team, which I think is a great thing. And I think Chauncey does bring that kind of dog mentality. We can get into X's and O's in next year. You know, I'm not going to really get into X's and O's yet. It's all about the culture right now. And the culture looks good to me, even though we're one and three. I think that's all I have for this emergency pod. I think I covered everything pretty much. Um... Thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, definitely a weird situation just with technology and things. And doing this alone, obviously, is not as fun as with Cole and Cody. But um, we had to get our opinions out because um, it is Tuesday. Or sorry, it is Wednesday. And it is podcast day for Rip City Rundown. So hopefully next week, Cole will be back. Cody it will be back. And everything will be back back to normal that is the goal so please hope for that please pray for that that would be awesome um yeah i mean we we did do a prediction like we usually do during the season of what the blazers will do this week we have three games we get the grizzlies twice in the pistons uh cole said one and two cody said one and two they both said we'd split with the uh the pistons lose to detroit or sorry split with the grizzlies lose to detroit west saying that I want to be different and because why not I said we'll go two and one why not I think we split with Memphis because it's hard to beat a team twice in the NBA and we're going to beat Detroit tonight because we're riding high off that Toronto win good vibes and Robert Williams is back so why not I'll take the Blazers to win tonight against the Pistons final thing I asked the boys last night who the star of the the week was who played the best I got a Shaden Sharp from Cody. I got a Brogdon from Cole. And I said, because we all... Or no, I'm sorry. I got an Aiton from Cole. And I said, because we all have to be different and we can't say the same thing. I said Jabari Walker. I did. Um, I just think he does all the little things really, really well. And he's one of those guys that understands that in order to stick in this league long term, you got to carve out a role. I said last night, he kind of gives me a Davis vibes. Just hard-nosed does the little things really well, is always in the right spot, it seems like. So yeah, Jabari gets my star of the week. Shout out, Jabari. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening. 
Please subscribe to the channel if you can. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, the team's bad, but we're excited still because real fans don't care how bad you are. I'm excited to watch Blazer basketball. So subscribe, please. That would be amazing. Go follow us on Instagram, rip.city.rundown. And give us a uh, give us a listen on Spotify, too, if you don't want to look at our faces. You can listen to our voices on Spotify. So go check us out on Spotify, too. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next Tuesday night, and you will see us next Wednesday. We'll see you guys. Peace.